What is going on guys and welcome to episode six of Listen Whilst You Step. And today it's me and Johnny again, but we've also got one very special guest. We've got our brother from another mother who's been mentioned on the podcast before when we spoke about the uh, inner circle and we were lucky enough to have Stuart Parker on board. So thank you very much for coming on, mate. Stu has um, played tennis. Well, I played tennis with Stu literally from the youngest age. We've all known each other and been super close for, I don't even know how long now. Um, but Stu's kind of just too long. Making, yeah, too, too long. Well said. Um, but yeah, Stu's been making and coming on leaps and bounds through the pro tennis circuit. Now he's now sitting at 712, like in the world in terms of ATP, which is absolutely insane. And today we're just going to have a little bit of a speak to him um, and see what it's like to play pro tennis, the ins and the outs of it, what it involves, what are the positives of it, what are some of the negatives of it, because it ain't all sunshine and rainbows, as we all know. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be a really, really interesting kind of podcast. Um, so I'll hand it over to Stu and let him do a little bit of an introduction about himself and how he's kind of got to where he is now. Okay, so I mean, I started tennis, I think when I was about seven. Um, I was pretty good at football as well. And then I mainly decided to choose tennis because I prefer individual sports. Because um, I don't really like relying on people too much, you know. Um, and then that's obviously where I met Simon. Um, We've been playing, we actually played doubles together, unbeaten. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think we are unbeaten, aren't we? Yeah, mate. We're, uh, or we're something, un- very, we might have lost one match. We're, we're unbeaten in like Jersey in the UK. We lost one match in uh, Sardinia, but those guys were freaking ridiculous. Yeah. And I think they were men, not boys, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, they were definitely, there was not, something not quite right there. <laughs> um, but I mean, I knew from an early age that. But I'd say about 12 to 13, I knew I wanted to be a pro tennis player. Um, and that's where I put all my focus into. I uh, then started to do strength and conditioning with John Scriven. And then obviously, so I started his own thing. And then I started to train with him when I was back here. And uh, yeah, then I moved to France and uh, started to train full time. And uh, yeah, pursued my dream. Yeah, mate. It's, it's been a big evolution along the way, hasn't it? It's been a... A lot of stepping stones. That was a very, very roller coaster. Brief over year. It's been some, uh, like a roller coaster for sure. We've been some ups and downs. Like I know you moved over to France, then came back because it wasn't, weren't sure if it's the kind of thing you want to do. Then moved back out there. And that's when it's kind of, I think that mental switch kind of flipped for you. And you've really been kind of, I think when that mental flip switched for you, that's when you've really started to make that kind of massive progress. Um, but let's kind of bring it back uh, a little bit and kind of talk about something like, this is actually my mum came up with this question. I thought it was an awesome question. And Johnny was actually going to say something similar. Like all of us have come from like kind of backgrounds where we played loads and loads and loads of different sports. We were never all in on one thing. Um, Stu, do you think that that helped you um, more so now rather than just being from the age of seven, just being like, look, it's just tennis. This is all I do. Do you think having that bit of variety helped you out when you were younger? Yeah, I think playing many sports when you're young is, I think, probably the best thing was the best thing for me. Because, I mean, I played football, tennis, cricket, did a bit of athletics, like long-distance running. And I think it's all, it's all helped out in different ways. I mean, football with the feet, coordination. Like, everything has helped out in, in different aspects of tennis. And uh, I'm, actually, I'm glad. I actually think it's a good thing that I played a lot of sports when I was younger. And I'm sure you both you boys agree with me. Yeah, jo- Johnny, from like an SNC standpoint, how do you think it transfers across? I massively, mate. Like, it's one of those where there's loads of different sc- skills and movements within different types of sports. So it's always good kind of 
to pick up something like a football and go play football. And then that's going to transfer like into your rugby or if you go swimming, like all these different things are going to feed into each other, which is why like in order to get these like amazing athletes at the top level, you'll mostly find that they always did like loads of sports when they were younger. Um, I think like some people to look at are um, A.B. de Villiers, like the cricketer. He could have made it in swimming for the Olympics. He could have gone pro rugby or he could have gone pro cricket. And you find like there's loads of sports people like you do exactly the same as that. They're normally the most talented people in their sports. Yeah, for sure. It's like people have got that kind of, they, they start playing loads and they, as they get older, they kind of nail it down to two and they nail it down yeah. to one as they kind of go. All, all it was just like, um, like Rafael Nadal. He was obviously really good at football when he was younger. That some would even say he was better at football. But for some reason, he chose tennis. Yeah. He's done all right at tennis, though, hasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> done all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think on the on the other side of that, the other thing is like I'm sure we we we've all seen it with kind of different like younger sports people or maybe people our similar age. If they end up too all in too early, you just end up burning out mentally. I think, especially at a young age, if you've got like external pressures, whether that be coaches, parents, blah blah blah, um, even peers, you can just mentally burn out. And to be honest, like. You're pl- most of the time when you're younger, you're playing because you love the sport and you want to turn professional because you love the sport. Sometimes if you have that much external pressure, it can just take away the love for it. And I think you could probably, I think some of the best players in the world probably aren't playing professional tennis because they burnt out when they were younger. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've seen it a few times in tennis with a couple of players in Jersey. Um, I think like you've got to obviously have fun with your sport. And then when you get to about, 15, 16, you've got to look to take it a bit more serious. Um, but I think at the early ages when you're developing and, and uh, just getting your skill set ready, um, I think you need to have fun with it and not put too much pressure on yourself. Yeah, big time, big time, big time. Love what you do. Love, we, me and Johnny were speaking about this and we were saying like our biggest mistakes and it's all about kind of not falling in love with the process. You've got to love the process to kind of, if you want to do it long term and get places. Um, Stu, what, what does a normal week of training look like for you now? Um, what's the kind of split between kind of your physical side of things and the kind of technical side of things on court, like your fitness, all the kind of different bit? What's a, what's a standard week look like? So let's take a week before, like two weeks before a tournament. I'll probably do like two sessions a day, an hour and a half, two hours each session. Um, and then I'd have three gym sessions a week. and one or two like posture sessions where it's just a lot of balance band work core work um but yeah it's usually split so usually monday i'll have a tennis session um and then gym in the evening and then tuesday two tennis sessions posture session wednesday tennis gym um thursday two tennis sessions and friday two tennis sessions and maybe a posture and gym and gym on friday as well so three times a week, gym. But I mean, I think, but like all three of us, I think we we fucking love the the process. We love the training. We love grinding out sessions. We love it when our heads are against the wall. I mean, otherwise you wouldn't be doing this, would you? Nah, for sure. Really. Yes, I mean, yeah. for me, that's for me, that's my favorite part. Is yeah. when you're in like you're close to the end. You're in the shit, but like. I don't know. You just get a sense like you're gonna fucking do it, you know. Accomplishment, isn't it? It's uh, yeah. And then you I, finish it, and you're like, "Fuck yeah!" You know, like I did it. Let's go. And you feel good. <laughs> like you feel so good about yourself. 
you feel almost like like nothing can stop you yeah. in a way you know so, like when you when you do like your one rep max and you 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 get the deadlift up or whatever it is or the squat like you put it back on the rack and you feel like an absolute fucking hero <laughs> the same with that when i when i finished my like two hour session you know the yeah. same same feeling so i was gonna say so obviously like you brought up like about moving to france and stuff what have you found yeah. like the positives and like negatives of moving to france uh there's there's a lot of positives and a few negatives but i mean a lot of the positives are training it's just there's so much so many more players good players top quality players i mean where i live there's like i think about 10 guys who are top top 800 atp where i can train around with um so obviously training wise um better coaches uh, more experience you know um but i mean neg negative wise i mean I, it's, it's, a, it's a foreign place you know like yeah, i don't really have my friends there kind of there alone i'm lucky i live with a guy from jersey called jack hodges but i mean it's still it's still pretty lonely you know mm -hmm, it's sure. just me and him out there mm -hmm. or or if he's away it's just me out there you know stuck on my own go go to training come back but i mean it, it is worth it yeah for sure what what was the whole kind of reason for moving to france in the first place uh for me and a lot of other tennis players france is it's got the best quality of, of players around and if you can play well in france and you can play well anywhere so worldwide so it's, it's, um, it's, obviously it's close yeah i mean everybody like everybody's good there you know i feel like the uk it's a bit the system's not as good so like a player could be high ranked but he might not be that good you know or as good as the French guy. Um, also, it's pretty close to Jersey. It's not that far. Um, so I can come back a bit more regularly. Um, whereas if I was in like, say if I moved to Australia, I wouldn't be able to come back that often, you know? I think I'd come out to see you more often though. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny went to top up his tan, eh? No, always, mate. Always. Never miss an opportunity. Anyone listening, Johnny is looking for a, a, a beautiful blonde Australian who loves the gym, <laughs> secretly a supermodel. Johnny's got this, uh, this ideal girl in his head. And if there is anyone listening out there, drop him in uh, the Hit him up, hit him up. <laughs> <laughs> but mate, honestly, I think France is as, as, as amazing and as difficult as it's been. It's 100% been the right call. Um, well, you, you know it's been the right call, but from us on the outside as well, I definitely think it's the best thing that you've done. Um, and mate, you're now sitting at 712 in the world. Something's obviously going right and you're doing something right. Um, I want to take a little bit of time of things. I want to know kind of what would you say is the kind of the best part about playing professional tennis or professional sport? And what's the worst part about it? Um, the I start with the worst part. Um, <laughs> finished on a, on a good one. But I mean, the worst part for me is probably all the traveling because um, with tennis it's a bit different I mean we play one week and say like for example next week I'll play in France and then the week after I play in Greece stay there for a couple of weeks you know we're all over the place it could be Greece Turkey Africa you know um, that's probably the worst part I think and then not not being able to see family friends a lot um, but I'd say that the best part is 
just feeling like a for me it, it might be different for other people obviously but for me just feeling like an athlete you know mm-hmm. I, I like that feeling I, yeah I've always wanted that feeling as well um I say also also the 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 respect you get from from other tennis players you know that might, might not be um professional or whatever you know yeah. they, they tend to respect you a lot especially in France like you go to the French tournaments and stuff just the national ones and you know you you come in and people obviously know your ranking if you play professionally and they you know they, they treat you really nicely you know yeah for sure going back to kind of what you think about you said the traveling is the worst part i think some people would hear that i think oh it's such a tough life blah 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 but you just want to kind of explain like it's not as glamorous as people think like getting to travel around the world and going yeah i got to go to tunisia here i got to go to turkey here i got to go to spain here i got to go to africa Mm. here like it's not i'm pretty sure it's not traveling like people think it is so just touch on that a little bit i mean we we definitely don't go sightseeing. <laughs> That's for sure. The the only thing we see is the hotel and the tennis courts. Um, the tennis courts. Yeah. Well, sometimes. Uh, I mean, usually the places right now. I mean, it's different at the it's different at the top. Um, at the top, they get to see, they play in nice cities. You know, they play in the, the good places. They have good hotels. But for me, it's not it's not like that. I mean, we usually play in like. For example, I was in I was in Tunisia, okay, two weeks ago, and we we get a flight, then we have to get a two-hour transfer to the hotel, and it's just it's in the middle of nowhere, you know. There's nothing there. It's just a hotel and a tennis club and a couple of other hotels, you know. So it's it's not like glamorous. Um, spend most of our time in the airports. Uh, we don't get to plan. Our planning's pretty much non-existent, really, because if we we can't like plan when we fly to the next tournament because it depends on how we do in that tournament. <clears throat> so like next week, if I, if, if I lose Tuesday or Wednesday, I'll try to get a flight to Greece Thursday, you know, but then if I make it to like Friday, Saturday, I'll get a flight Sunday. So we always have to book things last minute. It's always a rush. It's always stressful. It's yeah. expensive. Um, I mean, I've slept in some airports before. Um, just because usually then you try to find like the cheapest flights and they're at the like Weird early times. mornings, you know, odd times. But it's a good thing you can sleep definitely. anywhere, eh? <laughs> Well, now, yeah, <laughs> had to get used to it. But it's, it's definitely not glamorous, you know, uh, right now, right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So kind of on like the back up, back on the kind of positive sides of it. Um, do you feel like a big sense of accomplishment then? Like, are you happy with where you are? What, what, what's the kind of goal moving forward? Um, I wouldn't say I'm happy where I am right now uh, because my goal is, is to be top 100. Um, I feel like I've got a long way to go. And I feel like I'm, the way I'm playing, I feel like I'm playing way better than 712, to be honest with you. But it is... It, it's a nice achievement, you know. It's always nice to see your ranking go up. Um, but yeah, I mean, my goal is top 100. I mean, it's going to take a couple more years, maybe two years. It depends. I mean, I guess I speak to Thomas, who is Thomas Enquist, who is my coach, um, a lot about this. He always speaks to me about it, saying, like, I'm playing well enough, but it might take 
10 tournaments. It might take 20 tournaments. It might take five tournaments, you know, before I have my big breakthrough, which I don't feel like I have had yet. A lot of guys have a big breakthrough where they win two or three tournaments in a row and then they climb up the rankings and then they go from there, you know. Whereas I haven't had that proper breakthrough yet, which I'm still waiting for, but I'm staying optimistic and hopefully, because I'll be in Greece for four weeks, I hope that I can make some sort of breakthrough there. Fingers crossed, brother. Fingers crossed. Mm, fingers. Well, uh, so. you mentioned like your coach there. Do you want to kind of give everyone um, a kind of basic background of the guy, of Thomas, who's coaching you? Yeah, so I feel like I'm kind of blessed in a way to have him as a, a coach slash mentor. Um, he was number four in the world. Um, he lost, he made a Grand Slam semi-final in Australia. He's beaten Roger Federer. Um, there's, a, there's a claim to fame. Mm, exactly exactly he, he's beaten like Agassi uh, Pete Sampras you know all the top guys um, so I feel, I feel quite lucky that that he's able to guide me um, and obviously I respect him a lot and I trust him and I think that's the main thing I think the main thing is trust yeah. when, when you're an athlete or when you're yeah when you're getting coached by someone like your clients have to trust you don't they yeah 100%. otherwise it's not really going to work so What's, that's what, the thing you've got oh go on, Zach. I was going to say what, what's some of the things that you see in him or some of the top top guys what's the difference between someone who makes it and someone who doesn't it's, it's, it's a hard question I, I, I don't know I, I, I don't know it's small margins because I mean there's I mean Matt you could say for example, like in training and stuff, he used to tell me that guys used to be like destroy him in training and then they would lose first round in qualities and he would win the tournament. Yeah. You know, so I don't really know. Maybe it's how you deal with being in a match, being in a pre- pressure situation. Being able um, to close, being a, being a finisher. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Because um, everyone's good it's the same in everything now like everybody's so good at what they do it's just like tiny little details now um and how you how you can deal with pressure i mean if the crowd goes against you how can you deal with that you know little things like that i think i think that's what makes a big difference johnny what were you going to touch on obviously like um what i was saying about about your coach like how like high level elite kind of he is why don't you also yeah. tell people kind of like for some of the players that like you've played against? Because I, of course, I know like some of the people that like you've hit against and played against. So why don't you kind of share some of those experiences and kind of talk through that? Yeah, so I, earlier this year I did. Um, he 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 helped me to get into to a Marseille uh, ATP two fifty tournament to be a sparring partner, which is basically a training partner, which is also their bitch really um, when you hit with the top guys you know like if they want to train to that, that somebody yeah well you might be but was it a case of did he um just take out his pocket and went here you go boy yeah mate you, you, yeah and then you, i just you, followed you, him round. yeah, yeah. The, tea, the tea bag yeah. the tea bag of tennis <laughs> uh, anyway um yeah so i was i was training with the top guys um Played with um, a guy called Stefanos Pass, who's number five in the world, maybe six in the world right now, but at the time he was number five. Um, I mean, it's completely different. I wouldn't say like I'm far off, 
but I mean, from him, I was probably the furthest off. Um, just his power, his precision, weight of shot. I mean, you start, he's, only, he's only a little bit taller than me, but like when you see him on the other side of the court, his presence is like, he's a giant, you know? Yeah. I, I, hit, with, I hit with other, yeah. Do you find like, like that odd going from watching them on TV to like playing against them, hitting with them kind of thing? Yeah, that, this was going to be one of my questions as well. Was it, was it like watching these people potentially on tennis or looking them when you were growing up playing tennis, like wanting to be them or be with them, play, get to that level? Now you're getting to play with these players. You know these people personally. Like, what's that like? How does it feel? Uh, when you meet them, it's the first couple of minutes you're a bit like, whoa. Starstruck. You know? And yeah, and then and then you, you play with them, you train with them, and then after about 10, 15 minutes, you start to realize they're actually just completely normal people. Yeah. I mean, for example, do you know Richard Gasquet? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like he's been, he's been top 10 for so many years, not right now, but he's been at the top of the game for the last, 15 years you know he's an OG um and I yeah and and I played with him and uh I was really like shy obviously meeting him for the first time but then he was also really shy to me like he was also I could tell he was really like timid and you know like quite within himself and but I mean they're all really nice guys all just normal people to be honest um but they just have a lot of fans don't they (laughs) all the fans (laughs) Not the only fan, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mate. It's the same. Even when, when we trade with ones, when you had some, some of the people guys down there who played internationals and things like that, we'd watch them on TV and things. You look at them, you're like, oh shit, they're literally just normal people. And people, I think people really yeah. forget that because you just get you. You kind of overhype it in your head. Yeah, big time. Big. Time. You know, like also on TV, like things seem so much better mm. because what what I was lucky because I got the chance to watch them play all of their matches. In, in the stadium and not on TV. And it's just completely different. The TV makes them look like they're unbeatable, you know? And then when you watch them, it's, it's still impressive, but it's not as impressive as watching them on TV. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I don't know if you had that feeling when you watched them, yeah, those I international think as, guys play. Yeah, I think as, as someone who's played and like played a lot of tennis and seen played with even some pretty decent, reasonable players, played with someone like you, you realise that a bit more. I think for someone who potentially hasn't played the sport or doesn't kind of have the respect for it, do you know what I mean? They'll go and watch it and it'll be probably be, be even more incredible to see people how hard they actually hit the ball, for example. But I think when you yeah. when you know the sport and you kind of know your way around it and the ins and outs and a bit more the psychological and the tactics behind it, I think I can get where you're coming from from the other side of it, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um. How like how big's the mental side of it, mate? Have, having played tennis, and me and Johnny touched on this when we did our like the the second podcast, was how I know how angry I used to get, and the mental side when it comes to tennis and individual sports is literally everything. I I think. How have you dealt yeah. with the mental side of it? How important do you think it is? Um, and what do you do to work on it? The yeah, I think it's the most important. Like I said before, everybody everybody can play well these days, you know. Is who's better mentally. Um, even even Novak has said that. He said there's a hundred guys here who play just as well as me, but I'm just mentally way stronger. Um, I mean, it 
it's tight. It, it's a bit different uh, for the lower levels because we don't have the money to like have a coach travel with us and stuff. So when we're stuck in like Tunisia or Turkey or whatever, we're by ourselves. It's like day number four or five. You know, we got to go play our match, and you're not feeling good. It's hard to like get yourself up and going and really motivated to win. Um, but you you just gotta you just gotta find a way. Um, you gotta find a way. It's it's really how much do you really want it. That's like the main thing. Um, if you want it more than the other guy, then you'll probably win. But I mean, I struggle. I struggle. It's easier said than done. It's easy to say like, oh, you just gotta be switched on. You gotta be mentally like prepared to do whatever you can to win. You know, it's easy to say that, but um, implementing it's it. very hard to do. You know, I mean, I struggle with it even now. Like there's there's times where I'll play like two or three matches and I'll be mentally so switched on. Like concentration wise is amazing. And then my next match I'll just be completely off. And I just struggle to like switch it back on. And it's also it's very draining as well. Um but I mean the the ways to work on it is when you're in training, you just gotta try to stay the same. You gotta train how you play a match, you know. Um, you got to train, you got to stay focused, you got to be really intense, and then that'll transfer to the match. And then you'll find that before you could only do it for three or four matches, and then six months later, you could do it for eight matches, and it just builds up, builds up, builds up, you know. Progression. So that's that's yeah, that's what that's what I'm focusing on right now is every training to be completely there, completely focused, intense, and then that's. Well, at the moment it is transferring quite well I can't do it every time um, I say I can do it like 8 out of 10 times um, but in 6 months time it could be 10 out of 10 matches I could be completely focused mentally in it buddy. Mm-hmm. yeah and then we'll see maybe that's when I get my breakthrough yeah buddy <laughs> it's coming it's coming, it's coming. Um, I've got two more Johnny have you got any yeah, mate, I just like, kind of wanted to know, like, even for me kind of thing, like, how has things changed, like, with COVID and stuff going on? How has your, like, your training and, like, your tournaments and stuff changed ever since, like, all this has been going on? Mm, it's... Yeah, yeah, COVID hasn't yeah. helped. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's an absolute shit show, not going to lie. Um, but I think it's been it's, sh- it's, this whole year has been a shit show for everyone. <laughs> 2020 is going to be my yeah. year. Oh, wait. Hey, I, I saw a... <laughs> I saw a meme the other day and it was like, if 2020 was a flavor, it would be orange juice and toothpaste. I was like, that is so true. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, what? I like orange juice. It's just, it's just, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, true. Um, it's just, uh, it's just so much more planning, so much more. It's all confusing as well because with COVID, everything's changing now. So, for example, I was in I was in Rome for like a day before I was flying to Tunisia because if you flew from Rome to Tunisia, uh, you don't need a a PCR test, the the coronavirus test. But then whilst I was there, the rule changed, so then I wasn't allowed on my flight. So then it's it's just all like it's all tough, you know. So then I had to go get a PCR test. Ended up staying there five days. Finally got there the night before my match not ideal I'd say it's just um, added stress isn't it it's so much stress I mean even planning to go back to France right now it's just it's a nightmare to be honest I've got to get my test 
I don't need the test to go back to France, but the tournament need the test to say mm-hmm. that I'm negative, you know, just to save their yeah, ass. Because they're, they're trying to keep everything above. Yeah, we could, yeah. They're, so they can be seen to do doing everything that they can be to keep all legit and help yeah. out players and everything, isn't it? Um, mate, yeah. obviously all the travel so, must, yeah. must be super expensive and everything like that. How, how do you go about funding things? Well, I, I mean, I'm pretty lucky. I got, I got two sponsors, um, so I have, I have money to to be able to afford it. Otherwise, I, I would be screwed to be honest. Um, but yeah, I mean, if yeah, it's, it's just a lot of money, really. <laughs> to be honest, but I, I was quite lucky because things are more expensive now. But then I did miss, I missed three four months because of lockdown and stuff so i did end up saving so it's almost kind of like i've done a normal year spending yeah um but it's still it's still not nice when you gotta buy buy a plane ticket and it's costing like 400 400 pounds you know one way especially if it's last minute and things like that yeah exactly and then also now like you have to have a negative test before each tournament so i've got to get tested so many times but you love things being stuck up your nose now. Mm. <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, just on my throat, mate. <laughs> oh, God. Um, obviously, you've had your fair share of injuries and things like that. Obviously, well, we all have. And we've kind of, we, we touched on this again in the, in the podcast before. Um, mate, injuries are an absolute stinker. What are some of the injuries you had and how have you gone about dealing with them, both from a physical and a mental mental side of things? So, what, all the main injuries or? Yeah, what, what, what are some of the injuries? Uh, I mean, I've done, I broke my ankle, my left play, ankle, and I've torn ligaments in it. Playing doubles with me. Oh, yeah, I was actually playing well, doubles. Yeah, I was playing doubles with you, wasn't I? Like, yeah, yeah, people yeah. who don't know this, me and Stu. It's <laughs> actually what, a good what story. The, what were we in, like, the, was it the semi-finals or the finals or something? I think it might be the semis. No, it was, it was semis, and we were playing, because we were young at the time, we were playing... Uh, Dan Harrison and Steve Lacorny. Yeah, I think it and was. And they were they were like good, you know. It was yeah. it was we weren't supposed to win that, you know. They were a couple a couple of years older than us, and we re- really shouldn't have won that match. Um, and pretty, we were like well, we didn't, but we won, no, we won we won the first set, didn't we? And then we yeah, like, and then I did it at the start of the second. Then we were like three love up or something in the second set. They hit a drop shot. Stu runs to get this ball, rolls his ankle, and he's like, "Sigh, it's fucked." It's fine. It's fine. I was like, just stand there and hit the ball back. I've got this. I start. Oh, I we start, actually won three games. Yeah, I started playing at like honestly, the, probably the best like game I've ever played in my life. I was like, I need to pick this up now. So I did. Stu's there, like, mate, my ankle is wrecked. Like honestly, I can't do this. He's there, like, he's there tearing up. I'm like, mate, we're like three games away. He's like, I can't do it. I was like, come on. We played like one more game. He's like, mate, I literally can't. He's there, like, hopping on one foot. Then, yeah, t- we ended up have forfeiting and turned out he'd broken his ankle. I was like, ah, fair enough, yeah. I'll let you off. <laughs> but yeah, that was a funny one. Um, yeah, that was good. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I tore my ligament as well on my left ankle. Tore my groin. Only a little tear, though. Um, yeah, had to the club. <laughs> yeah, Johnny knows all about that, don't you? I do, mate. Um, Horrible injury, that is. Yeah, you, you had it way worse than me anyway, so. I don't really know the full pain of it. Um, what else? I had surgery on my hand. Just uh, and then just loads of little, loads of little injuries. Little niggles and things. Um, 
yeah, I mean, I I pretty much play all the time with with some some sort of pain anyway. Um, but those are the serious ones. I think coming back from it, I actually I've always performed pretty well because I think I've always done rehab and strength exercises for it and all that you know done it properly um which i think has helped me a lot um yeah to come back and to play well and then at the moment i mean all of those injuries are, are completely fine apart from my ankle clicks all the time now oh mate he, he gets up and walks and it's like a freaking 90 year old yeah, you're not much better. Your yeah, knees yeah, just as bad. My knees. Every time you hear squat, 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 you just hear this. Between the three of us, we're gonna have every joint replaced by the time we're like forty. It's gonna be great. I can't wait. Um, we're actually we're actually gonna be in wheelchairs, you know. <laughs> Too right. older. Um, hope yeah, not. On those injuries, it's just a case of I think everyone's gonna get injuries. It's accepting that, but it's making sure that you get the right help from professionals and listen to it and don't think, oh, it feels all right. I won't do my rehab today. If you do your rehab and you're a bit more relentless with it and you just literally treat it like you would your training sessions, you can come back even stronger from it. Um, and from this, like a psychological point of it, I've always found that injury wise, if you just use that time and be proactive, it uses a time to focus on something else and control what's within your control. So if you've, for example, Johnny tore his groin. He couldn't train his lower body. That's out of his control. He can't do anything about that. What was in his control is getting a freaking strong bench. And what did he do? He got a freaking strong bench. So it's yeah, just mate, it bench every session. <laughs> yeah, and I was the opposite. I had no shoulder. Still not as big as my bench, is it, John? <laughs> nah, mate. Nowhere near as big as you, mate. Every session, <laughs> Stu does curls. By the way. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> you might not be able to tell but I do do curls guys <laughs> and then he, he only does it because he's going to go see his girlfriend afterwards oh oh <laughs> <laughs> oh um, get nice and big Johnny I've got a good one to finish off so have you got any more you want to run with before we ask the kind of last couple? I'll just do like some quick like do you remember score of your first match do I remember scoring my first match yeah like the first match you can like remember when it was scored what was the score can you remember what first professional match or yeah we'll go first? professional no we'll go professionals um i lost yeah i lost i lost, lost six four six three <laughs> first win then come on you gotta remember that uh first win i won six three six three i I'm uh, sure. like the first tournament win very, very. Personally, I don't have one. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll, um, we'll go. We'll just go. You know what I mean by tournament wins. First tournament when I was mm, nine yeah, or ten. Fun. Yeah, like SpongeBob. SpongeBob, wasn't it? SpongeBob. I still got the trophy. Uh, we'll go last one of best match or win of your career. I was gonna say most mem most memorable moment. I I know what I I would say for you. My most memorable. I'd say the best, and you mean level-wise or, mate, or anything, just, anything, mate, just whatever just means like out. the best ah. to you. I mean, this isn't the best to me, but it's the only one I can think of right now is when I beat uh, Team Rash Gabashvili, who used to be ranked 43 in the world. 
Um, but that wasn't my best match, though. Um, Obviously, I I, I, have, I haven't watched many of your like any any of your pro games or anything. I've watched one or two in France, but that's about it. Um, one of the most memorable, oh my team match. Yeah, I watched that one. But one of the most memorable ones that I've got is when you played Scott in the Island Games final. That was when that seven, was the, seven. that was the first time I ever saw like a fire ignited in you. That sounds really cliche, but you know what I mean. You know when you see someone, you're like, yeah, there's the passion. That's the first time I yeah. think you almost had that switch in your head there. You're like, I can fucking do this. Because Scott was seen to be playing at this really, really high professional level. You were like, how many how many years younger? Four years younger? Yeah, I was younger. And I was only playing like three, four hours a week. And yeah, yeah, you were I was barely playing still, as well. still in Jersey, not playing in a professional environment. And I remember you, you took him to that tiebreaker and you had the... I'm pretty sure you had a match point, didn't you? No, I was... But, uh... <laughs> Thanks for bringing up an absolute nightmare, but I was uh, I was winning. Like... Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's all right, mate. It's okay. He still hasn't got a set of you, so that's fine. No, no, I've never. I've hey, never there's, there's a funny story about when I played Simon in France. That's a funny one. Oh, yeah. um, but I was I was winning eight six in the championship tiebreak. So usually when it's a set, all uh, a lot of tournaments you played to ten points, and I was winning eight six and. Bottle. Yeah, somehow lost. Yeah, <laughs> but I think for me, that's that's probably the most memorable time that I've ever or match that I've ever watched you play because you were such like an underdog. No one was really expecting, bar bar like the people who were close to you. I think outside, I got quite a lot of support that match. Actually, I think, you got I a, think lot a lot of people wanted me to win. You know, yeah, a lot of people did, especially um, when they got suit. But I think from an outsider point of view, on paper, you were such an underdog. But you went out there and proved proved yeah. you, who you were and what you were capable of. And for me, I think that was one of the kind of switching points where you went, "I fucking got this. I'm good enough to kind of go and do what you're doing yeah. now." Do you, do you want to explain the story about me and you playing in France? Because I think it'll be funny. <laughs> yeah, how how old were you? It was mate. It must have been fourteen. Like, yeah, thirteen. Mm, 14, fourteen. We used to go and play um, loads so... of tournaments in France without with our club, like. We'd go over to France for like three weeks and just go tournament to tournament to tournament to more tournament and play. Yeah, it was in the summer, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so we, we went and uh, I think we played in the semis, you know. Yeah, it was. I think semis. it was the semis because we, we couldn't play the finals because we had to to leave, get the boat or something. So it was, it was um, our own level. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so Sai si actually has never beaten me. Nope. And he was winning. I think it was this our last match as well. We played. Yeah, this was the last. Uh, uh, I think it, might, it was one of the last matches. One of the last matches. Yeah, I think you played when you got back to Jersey. I think Simon did a the one at Grainville. What was it? The Jersey closed. Yeah, the closed. Yeah, I think you, no, that was the last no, time. No, I, played. No, I played Max. I remember playing Max then. Uh-huh. Oh, it, it, it was, was definitely like, one of our last it was matches. One of the last matches because it was quite. We didn't often actually end up playing against each other that often because quite often no you would always end up one seed i would end up two or if there was yeah. other, other people from the uk i would quite end up like four five six so i'd normally end up in the yeah. bottom, bottom half of the draw and then i'd get knocked out in the quarters or the semis or something <laughs> or lose a stupid match yeah. for someone that i shouldn't um but basically this match yeah that that sounds about right classic, classic, yeah classic and then tennis classic. balls will be flying mate <laughs> yeah. And um, rackets will be broken. Yeah, yeah and abuse. I, I had anger problems when I was playing tennis. Such a chill person off the court, but hey, tennis. It it does help though. When you break a racket, you do feel so much better. So 
Yeah. You've broken I the, amount, that. Amount of, the amount of videos I've had from Stu after he's had a bad lose. He just sends me a photo of this racket that's just trashed into pieces. That's good. <laughs> no, I've only, bro- I've only broken two rackets properly. Maybe, maybe you just resend him the video then. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, but anyways, this match, we were playing this semi final and I'd never beaten Stu before. And I was, I was definitely playing like the best tennis that I'd ever played. Yeah. I thought that was the day I was going to lose it as well. Yeah. And, I won the first set, didn't I? No, no, no. You were 4-2 up. I was 40, uh, And you were 40-15. You bowled it. On your serve. <laughs> yeah, on your basically. serve. And no, you broke a string. Yeah. It was 4-2, 40 I think you broke, up, a... broke a string and then it just went to shit. Your head went. Reason, and I, I won. I, I thought and then I won 6-4-6 six, six love. <laughs> did, yeah, did, I, don't, I, mean, I think I won less than five points for the rest of the match. Yeah. <laughs> and how pissed head was I? Head <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't think we spoke for the first hour after that. So. Yeah, then I was all right. I'm, like, I, yeah. I'm, I'm a lot better now, but I used to be a real bad. Yeah, I think everyone is at that age, though. Everyone yeah. struggles. I, just remember, so, I remember playing doubles with my sister, mixed doubles with my sister once, and we're literally like polar opposites. I'm like, I will give it absolutely everything until that last ball. I would, I'd literally like die on that court. I would never give anyone like an easy shot, really. And my sister was like, oh, I'm losing. What's the point anyway now? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> we're just so opposites. That's why I think we got, me and Stu got on so so well. And we played doubles well together because we both had the mentality that we were just like, like we just whatever we do here, we, we are going to win in that competitive streak. That's why me and Johnny. Yeah, and Stu just picked up all your slack. Yes, agreed. We had, we had the best. <laughs> I, I had a big Johnny serve. Knows. I, Johnny knows. I, I nah, would serve the, and Stu the, would finish the, it the, off. The, the only time so Stu did the slack. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. I'm joking. The, the only time Sai picked up the sack was when I broke my ankle, mate. Yeah, okay, all right. Yeah, rub it in now. Okay. <laughs> what was that for? Like, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> right, Forget moving it. on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, anyways, I just want to kind of wrap it up with one last question, mate. And it's just going to be yeah. kind of if you could give one piece of advice to your younger self or someone who is kind of almost wanting to follow in your footsteps not necessarily of going to play professional tennis, but of wanting to go into professional sport, what would it be and why? Um, to my younger self, I'd say um, there'll be two pieces of advice to not, to not cut corners. Um, I say everybody says that a lot, you know, because, you know, sometimes when you're tired or whatever and you, you don't try, it's hard, you know. I'd say to always, always give it 120%. Um, and the second one is just just to believe in yourself fully, you know. I mean, I think a lot of people, I did it, I'll put my hands up, I did it when I was a bit younger, when I first moved to France. I believed in myself, but I was kind of kidding myself at the same time. Mm. You know, it's like you believe in yourself, but you're like, oh, I'm still probably not going to make it. Do you know what I mean? Whereas now, like, I'm fully, like, invested. I'm 100% in what I'm trying to do. And I think that would be the advice in anything. It doesn't matter if it's sport or sport or work or life, whatever, you know. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you've got to be hundred percent invested and just not not be afraid to fully commit, you know. I would say if I it, think that's where I struggled the first time. Yeah. If you want to do something extraordinary, you've got to be able to willing to do something extraordinary to get there. Like if you want something that others don't have, you've got to be willing to do something that others won't do. Um moving yeah. to France, playing X amount of hours of tennis a week, sacrificing, going out with friends, all these things. 
that's why you've got to where you are. Also, you're crazy talented as well, but it's that sacrifice and that kind of willingness to just push once more, push one more, next level, next level, next level, constantly keep upshifting. Um, yeah, and just never be satisfied. Yeah. So there's no matter how well you're playing. Yeah. yeah. There's someone that me and Johnny follow, Christian Guzman, and his whole phrase is like proud but never satisfied. And it's honestly one of my fa- one of my favorite um, like sayings or something like that, just because you've always got to be proud of where you come from, but fuck being satisfied, I ain't done yet. <laughs> yeah, true. Big yeah. time. So, um, anyways, mate, so honestly, thank you so much for coming on. Um, where can everybody Sorry, go find you? Uh, follow on um, follow you on socials or anything like that. Where can people find you? Uh, on Instagram, uh, Stuart P97, I think it is. Um, <laughs> Stuart P. And, yeah. <laughs> Funny bit. Um, yeah. That's about it. Sweet. Oh, I've also got, I've also, if you want to follow, I post all my tennis results on there. I've got a Facebook page uh, purely for tennis. So if you type in Stuart Parker Tennis, you can follow it, follow his results, follow the journey. Yeah, buddy. So yeah, awesome. Guys, make sure you go and give him a follow. And uh, if you did enjoy the episode, please give it a like, share, screenshot it, post it on your Instagram story, and we will see you uh, next week in episode six.